You're listening to David Ze'ev in Israel, coming to you on the JewishCoffeeHouse.com podcast network. And we come to you as attacks in the south of the country have continued to headline the news in Israel this past week. But up north last week, an emergency drill was conducted at Rambam Healthcare Campus with the scenario of a missile attack on the Haifa area forcing the only referral hospital in the north of Israel to transfer patients into an emergency facility. Dr. Erez Carmon of Rambam Hospital is manager of emergency preparedness at the hospital. Rambam now has the biggest facility in the world to give a solution for a complete hospital that can switch within three days into a shelter functioning in a parking lot, which is being transferred into a complete hospital for all the facilities which are required in emergency situations. We're talking about an armored and underground, what kind of facility? It's a fortified uh, hospital located under the ground in the parking lot. It is protected against missile and also against chemical and biological uh, attacks. Have you also increased the capacity, the number of people who can be treated at a particular time? Currently, the hospital has a 1,000 bed capacity. During wartime, we can increase the capacity of the hospital to 1,740 beds, meaning that we can give a solution and enough space for other hospitals in the area. We have enough space for all the dialysis beds, in the area for 120 neonatal ICU units and for all the pregnant women which would like to use our delivery facilities. So in other words, of course, life does go on. So in addition to anyone who will have to be treated from, let's say, the attacks, rocket attacks, whatever they are, you have to go on with life. As you say, dialysis, women giving birth, life does continue. And the hospital would be able to continue, what, even normally? The hospital can still function normally and give all the required treatment because people, even during war, still require the normal medical treatment. The oncology patients still need to proceed with their treatment. Cardiac patients, ventilated patients, we can still give the entire treatments that we give on everyday basis even during war. And needless to say, if you were to have to transfer these people because you wouldn't have the facilities, in some cases at least, it would even endanger lives. So it's, of course, a very important thing. Tell me about the emergency exercise you had last week. This was the first time uh, we tested the entire uh, facility. First, we transferred the the parking lot into normal departments. As you know, parking lots are not uh, usually prepared for uh, patients. Mm -hmm. And we tested all the facilities, including toilets, showers, bed. We took down all the equipment to see if everything really functions. Also, during this process, we tested our ability to to hit uh, departments which may be hit by uh, missiles. We trained our uh, staff and patients to go into shelters. And we also practiced absorbing a trauma patient in the underground uh, hospital. 
So there is a big difference in how Rambam could operate now, I would imagine, to sum things up, than when, I guess, the last major conflagration that you had in your part of the country was back in 2006, a long time ago, thankfully, and the Second Lebanon War. It's a totally different situation right now. The current facility was built according to the knowledge and experience that came from 2006 war. The leadership of the hospital took all the, this important experience and put it into the plans of these uh, facilities. So actually what you see now are the lessons that were learned from uh, the world. During 2006, we didn't have these facilities. The patient were brought down to uh, the underground shelter, which basically weren't enough and the conditions were harsh. The purpose of this underground hospital was to change this uh, situation and to allow the staff and the patient normal conditions to provide the, all the medical treatment that are required. Dr. Erez Carmon, manager of emergency preparedness at Rambam Hospital in Haifa. From the north of the country down to the south, where Nefesh Benefesh, an organization which brings new immigrants to Israel, is encouraging the newcomers to settle in that part of the country, perhaps better known for its desert and barren areas than for job opportunities. Down south, we spoke to Donna Horowitz, who is director of the Nefesh Benefesh Go Beyond program in the south. We asked her whether it's a popular place for new immigrants. The South is growing in popularity. The South has never been, I wouldn't say, a popular place, but I would say it's growing in popularity. We're seeing from year to year more and more Olim choosing to call the South their home. Um, just last year, we had a rise in 40% of Olim coming to the South um, compared to previous years. And we've had over 2,000 Olim make Aliyah, and Nefesh Nefesh has helped over 2,000 Olim come to the South. So the popularity is growing. The momentum is growing. I wouldn't call it a popular destination, though, Certainly yet. not. I would imagine a lot of the potential Olim or the Olim themselves, once they're doing the process already, probably have a reaction of, what, the Negev, the desert, Beersheba? <laughs> what could there possibly be down there in terms of job right. opportunities, right? So what do you tell them? So the truth is, a lot of our work is really to expose Olim to what is happening down here in the South. I myself moved down five years ago from the center of the country, from Givat Shmuel, with no background or, or understanding of the changes that were underway here. But we really encourage people, just, just come visit, just come on a pilot trip and see the South, see the IDF move down, see the highways, the train lines, you know, Beersheba becoming, becoming the cyber capital of Israel, the new communities that are flourishing after the evacuation from Gush Katif. There is so much happening down here. Um, and really, a lot of the work that we do is just to expose all those changes. You mentioned the trains. I'm wondering if it's mm -hmm. also an issue of Israel is proud. The government shows great pride in the fact they say that they're doing away with the periphery in the sense that they are developing public transportation. Is that part of the cell as well? Absolutely. Beersheba is really no longer periphery. Beersheba is an hour train ride to the center of Tel Aviv. So while you can enjoy living in the South, enjoying the quality of life, enjoy um, you know, becoming a homeowner, the affordable lifestyle, the warm communities, you're still within an hour to Tel Aviv. 
um, where you can just get on the train, sit on the train, enjoy the, <laughs> the air conditioning, and be in the Israeli towers or in Tel Aviv University within uh, within less than an hour. Mm-hmm. So definitely, Beersheba is really no longer perfect. Right now, I'm sitting in a beautiful high-tech park, which has over 70 international companies from Wix, IBM, Dell EMC. That's not periphery anymore. Basically, I was going to ask you, you took my question away about high tech. So many Olim come here to work in high tech. So you've just given the answer. You can move to the South and work in high tech. Absolutely. The demand here for high tech is through the roof. So about five years ago, Bengal University, in a partnership with Gevyam, opened a new high-tech park in Beersheba. And as I said, over 70 international companies um, have opened office down here. What, so what, what, means, el- what else do you have down there? First of all, you have all the traditional. You have the Soroka Medical Center. You have Ben Gurion University. You have the Dead Sea Works. The other issue is that for English speakers, there's a particular benefit to moving down here, and that is that there are... As far as the passion, there are less English speakers here. So speaking fluent English, it can be really be leveraged in the employment um, scene. So it could be a nonprofit. It could be English teachers. It could be uh, development. On all those areas, and all that really does have an advantage, um, specifically in the South, where there's a smaller population of English speakers. That's an interesting perspective. So many people who are Olim or are considering coming to Israel say, hmm, I want a soft landing. I want a place where people yeah. will understand me, that I won't have to yeah. you know, take the plunge so immediately only to speak Hebrew. Right, right. It's true. It's, it's, there's definitely, we call it the immersive Ulpan experience. When you move to the South, you are going to integrate into Israeli society. You will be speaking speaking Hebrew on a daily basis. On the other hand, if you look at your long-term benefit, I myself made Aliyah when I was a 10-year-old to a place that was, you know, all Hebrew speakers. Um, And while at first, yeah, I I think it was more difficult. Um, At the long run, my Hebrew became impeccable. I was able to go to matriculation exams and pass them and really integrate into society. So for each their own, I think there are people that need that type of soft landing. But if you have a little bit more of an adventurous side, if you're okay, kind of taking a deep breath and plunging in, I think the South has so many benefits and opportunities, and it's on the rise, Mm -hmm. that it's worth it to at least come and take a look and come meet us down here. Finally, Donna, we're inspired to speak to you this week in particular because you had a webinar. Tell us about it. So last night we held an employment webinar geared towards people before their aliyah. And in that webinar, we were, first of all, we're trying to, to prepare Olim to come move here to the South. So that can be working on their resume or looking at their skills and how those can transfer to Israel. Um, and specifically in the South, as I mentioned, there are so many growing opportunities and we want um, Olim to, to recognize those opportunities and to, and to be knowledgeable about the different things that are available here in the South. Um, and it was held by our very own Go South, Go Beyond South employment advisor, Allison Spicer. One of the benefits of our program here in the South is that we're able to give individualized attention to our Olim coming to the South. We recognize that they don't have necessarily that soft landing that we spoke about beforehand. And that's why once they move down here, down to the South, we have a, a dedicated employment advisor who can work with them on all those different aspects, coaching them through their career, coaching them through that transition. Making Aliyah to the south of Israel, Donna Horowitz is the director of the Nefesh Benefesh Go Beyond program in the south. You've been listening to David Ze'ev in Israel together with producer Scott Kahn on the JewishCoffeeHouse.com podcast network. <laughs>